let's hit this thing in 10 minutes. Grab your Bibles. Hey, let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I'm just going to talk to you guys. Actually, I'm going to preach here. This is going to be less teaching and less cute and less equipping. All right. And this is going to be this is going to be awakening. All right. This is going to be awakening message, and this is going to be ascending message. And um, hey, you, how are man? Welcome back into the house. I didn't know you're coming back. Oh my, is Keith with you or no? Not this time. Oh my gosh, man. I want to talk to you after service. Good to see you. All right. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'm not, I'm not going to do a ton of historical contextual analysis. I'm just going to get straight to it. Jesus has come to the earth. Jesus has gone about doing good works. Jesus has preached the message of the kingdom. He has inaugurated the kingdom. Jesus has been crucified wrongfully. Jesus has been resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. And here we are in Acts chapter 1. We're in this unique season, this unique timing, where Jesus has actually already gone to heaven in his resurrection, and he's come back, and he's actually spending some very strategic time with his disciples and the broader tiers of disciples that he's gathered around himself. And for 40 days between resurrection and Pentecost, Jesus is drilling deeper into the kingdom. He is teaching his primary message even deeper into these guys because these are the ones that are going to birth the church. These are the ones that are going to lead the church. These are the ones that are going to expand the church. These are the ones that are going to carry his heart and carry the truth of the kingdom to every part of the world. So that's what's happening right here in Acts chapter 1. Now, amazingly to me, I mean, this is just amazing. Look, look, if we would here, at verse 6 and 7. Let's just look at verse 6 and 7. So then they gathered around him and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, if I'm Jesus, on, on like literally minutes before I'm about to ascend, like minutes before I'm about to ascend to the right hand of the Father in my physical bodily state and send the Holy Spirit, I'm thinking to myself, are you serious? Have you not heard a word I've said for, for all this time? Not even thinking about the three and a half years, but the 40 years that I gave you this intensive. This has been like a, like a powerhouse internship. So here's what Jesus says, verse, verse 7. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. Now, we could go back and revisit our Revelation series. But I think here's the spirit of what Jesus is saying. First of all, guys, you missed it. Second of all, listen, this, this, this deal of when, Jesus, or when God is going to come and absolutely bring the entirety of his kingdom back to the earth, that is not for you to worry about. That's, don't worry about that. So all the charts and all the graphs, I'm going to get off course here in a second. Essentially, Jesus is saying, what's more important to that? Look at verse 8. Look at the, look at the conjunction that starts off verse 8. But, but, but. So in other words, I know that you're concerned about this. I know you're curious about this. I know this is kind of exciting. But let's focus on our assignment. But you will receive power. If this were a three-point message, it would be very simply this. Number one, you will receive power. Say power. power. Point number two, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
Point number three, and you're going to be my witnesses. That's it. Number one, you will receive power. You will receive power. I want you to say that with me. Say, I will receive power. Say, we will receive power. Say, we have received power. Listen, there is a dynamic to Christianity that absolutely hinges on the power of the Holy Spirit. Christianity is more than creeds and councils and doctrine, although those things are incredibly important. And we're an Orthodox church, and we're going to have a series where we talk about the creeds, and we're going to make sure that our theology is sound. But I'm here to tell you guys today, at the core of our being, and this is to address anyone who's had any question over the past year, at the core of Jay Duncan's being, we are a charismatic people. We're, we're here, listen, listen, listen. We're charismatic people because God's church is charismatic. Regardless of what we've turned it into and regardless of what, you know, may have gone off track or what's been wild or spooky or crazy, I want you to know the church of Jesus was birthed by the baptism and the fire of the Holy Spirit. And just because we've marginalized that aspect for whatever reason does not negate the fact that the church of Jesus is a church that was endued with power from the Holy Spirit. You cannot live your Christian life without the power of the Holy Ghost. You can't be good, you can't be kind, you can't be loving or gentle or patient or long-suffering. You can't do anything that lasts beyond this moment. You can't touch eternity. You cannot do anything that lasts beyond your life without the power of God. And listen, guys, listen, I'm not talking about just miraculous things. I'm not talking about just the sensational. You know, what we've done is we've used supernatural the wrong way. In so doing, what we've done is we've created a dualistic mentality that says anything that is overtly spiritual or supernatural or sensational, that's God. But things like making sure that I don't lose my patience when I step on a Lego in the middle of the night, huh? That takes some power of God, huh? I'm telling you, keep staying married. Staying married takes the supernatural power of God. Making sure that I don't fall to the whims of the culture as a single person. As a single person submitting my singleness and my purity to the process of God, that takes the power of God. Everything that David shared this morning about staying undercover, staying, do you know how rebellious the flesh is? For you to stay submitted to anything takes the power of God. For you to show up in a job and be excellent and give it your best when you don't see an ounce of purpose in it takes the power of God. Everything in your life takes the power of God. Point number two. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, if I had time to preach this morning, I would take you from the very beginning, from the moment 
that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the chaotic waters of the earth, when the earth was formless and void, when things in your life look formless and void, when all chaos and all hell is breaking loose in your life, I want you to know that there is a power that is beyond just things that I can figure out with my mind, just conventional wisdom, just my own ability to solve problems. There is a supernatural power from God that turns chaos into order, that turns emptiness into form. And I'm here to let you guys know today, guys, listen, when the Holy Spirit shows up on the scene, it might look different than you expect. But give glory and give honor and give credence and give value to the Holy Spirit Knowing, God, that when this situation reaches a place that is completely out of my control, and hopefully we're doing this before we get to that place, Holy Spirit, come. This earth was created by the power of the Holy Spirit. We find throughout Scripture the many awesome, powerful men and women of God that did great exploits for God before the Holy Spirit was given to reside inside of us, those great exploits happened under the anointing and the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can go from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Scripture says even wicked kings like Saul, that they were transformed into entirely different people when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Scripture lets us know that entire edifices like the tabernacle was built because artisans and craftsmen and masons and stone workers were anointed and the Holy Spirit came upon the artists. The Holy Spirit came upon the architects. The Holy Spirit came upon the engineers. Listen, you need to know the Holy Spirit isn't just for preaching. And it's not just for praying. And it's not just for missionaries. The Holy Spirit is for artists. The Holy Spirit is for people that deal with wood. The Holy Spirit is for writers. The Holy Spirit is for businessmen. The Holy Spirit is for educators. I believe that in this room there are educators that are going to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit that are not only going to design curriculum, but they're also going to teach in such a manner that the spirit of the hearts of the children come alive. I'm telling you today, The Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I want to awaken you to expect a fresh movement of the Holy Spirit. Found myself last night just rebuilding an altar in my life. If you know anything about my journey, you know that there are just key altars where God has met me and formed me and shaped me and changed my life. And this past season has... As, as crazy and as painful and as difficult as it has been for me and for my wife, I built an altar right there in my basement last night. I said, God, here at this altar, you do whatever you need to do in me and you burn something in me and you brand something more deeply in me and you break something in me and you humble me and crush me, God, and you shape me to be more like Christ. Just crying out to God, I felt like it was so long. And I said, Lord, here at this altar, I'm asking you for a fresh anointing. I need a fresh anointing. I need a fresh grace. How many of you guys need a fresh grace this morning? 
I need a fresh anointing. I need a new anointing. The mantle that I carried for the previous season is not sufficient for the season that we are going into. The mantle, the anointing, the wisdom, the insight, the understanding, the strength, the energy, the power, the motivation, the gumption, the, that is not sufficient for the new challenges that are, I need an upgrade. I need an upgrade. Some of you guys are in this room today and you need an upgrade. And we're going to pray for you guys here in a minute. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it changes you. It cha- Listen, you cannot, you cannot say, God, I want your Holy Spirit to come upon me, but I reserve the right to remain the same. And this is the word. This is the word. God, I want you to change. I want your power to come, but it's going to come under my timetable. I want your power to come, but it's only going to come under my constraints. I want your power to come, but it's going to come in my manner. It's going to come in my manner. That's not how God works. Because we find in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, that when they were all together, gathered together, they had no idea what was going to happen. They had no idea that in that moment, God was going to take 120 individuals and he was going to coalesce them together and constitute them into a spiritual entity called the church that is going to bring forth the kingdom. They had no idea. And I guarantee you, if they sat there and said, God, we're going to have a prayer meeting and we're going to pray for your Holy Spirit to come out, but don't you be showing up with no tongues of fire. You can't do that. Don't be doing that, because we don't, hey, listen, God, we, we want your spirit to come, but we don't want people around us thinking that we're drunk. And they did, and they got mocked, and they got ridiculed. But the same guy who denied Jesus is the same guy under the unction of the Holy Spirit that is now speaking to mockers and saying, Men and and women of Israel, these people are not drunk as you suppose. It is only 9 o'clock in the morning. But what you are seeing and experiencing is actually the prophetic fulfillment of what has been preached and announced by the prophet of Joel. How does that happen? How do you turn a guy who is defecting from his Lord and denying his Lord and standing up and saying, you may mock me, you may ridicule me, you may resent me, but I'm going to preach under the fire of the unction of the Holy Spirit. That's because you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. You guys, you're a lot quieter than I'm preaching this morning. (laughs) And check this out, last point. This is why, this is why we have power. Not so that we can say we've got power. Not so that we can, not not so that we can gather spectators. Not so that we can, we, we can fulfill, we can feel better about ourselves. This is what he says, you shall receive power and you will be my witnesses. Now, here's the interesting thing that we have to understand. That word be, it's not saying that you will do mighty exploits. He's not saying you shall receive power so that you can go out and witness. He's not saying you shall receive power so that you can go and perform mighty works and mighty miracles. He's saying you're going to receive power and something in your ontological nature is going to change. The essence of who you are is going to be transformed. See, God's not just into external works. God's not just into people doing the right things, but their heart not being transformed. He is saying that I am going to so get into your bones. I'm going to go, I'm going to so get into the depths of your DNA that the very nature of who you are is going to be so supernaturally changed that you're not just going to be a believer. You're not just going to be a spectator. You're not just going to be a follower. In the core of your being, you're going to be a witness. That's who you are. And the word witness, how many of you know, is the word martyr? 
The word witness in the Greek is the word martus or martyria, where we get the word martyr. And the idea here is a true witness is one who speaks to what she or see has seen, even if it costs them death. That's what a witness is. That's what a witness is. And let me tell you today, you need the power of God to be a witness. You need the power of God to be a witness. You need the power of God to be a witness. You need the power of God to be a witness to your children. I need the power of God to be a witness to my sons and my daughter. I need the power of God to be a witness to my wife. I need the power of God to be a witness to my neighbor. I need the power of God to wake up in the morning. I need the power of God to not, to not just give myself over to utter depravity. I need the power of God to be a witness in every arena of my life. This is what Jesus said in John 13, 34 and 35. He says, you have heard that it was said, but I give you a new command. Love one another. And then he says this. Sorry, I'm going so fast here. But then he says this. He says, then they will know that you are my disciples. Then they will know that you are my witnesses by your love for one another. I'm telling you, when someone hurts you, offends you, when someone betrays you, when someone criticizes you, when someone is not interested in you, when someone opposes you, when someone is your enemy, you need the power of God to love one another. You need the power of God to be committed people. You need the power of God to show up when you said that you're going to show up, but everything inside you doesn't want to show up. You need the power of God. Listen, I want you to know the power of God to transform your life is for every area of your life. Are you with me this morning? All right, stand to your feet. Don't got me all revved up and gave me like 10 minutes. <laughs> Michelle, is Michelle? Come on up here, sweetie. All right, if I could have the ministers of our table come forward. Oh, man, we're going to come. We're going we're gonna to come and approach the table of the Lord. We're going to hold the elements of Christ in our hand, and I'm going to pray a sloppy prayer over you guys. Just sloppy. You know what I mean when I say sloppy? Like, just, like, just sloppy, man. <laughs> not cute. Not every I'm going to just, just lay it on. Because I believe that there's some people here who need a fresh fire and a fresh anointing and a fresh power and a fresh grace that you cannot conjure up, you guys. I'm not talking about emotion. I'm not talking about volume. You be your personality. I'm talking about something in your belly. I'm talking about springs of living water. I'm talking about taking the cap off the well. I'm talking about putting fresh oil inside of your lamp so that you can burn. I'm talking about a passion for God that once was there but has waned dry because of life and monotony and adversity and busyness. I'm talking about living a life that is full of God. Anybody interested in that this morning? Because we're, we are going to be a church that is created and constituted, gathered and gifted, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. This church, these services, I, these services, this people, they do not belong to me. They don't belong to our elders. They don't even belong to you. They belong to God. 
And when God decides to show up and do something that's unorthodox or out of the ordinary, I would rather have the power of God than have everything predictable. I would rather have the power of God than have my hands all over the reins of everything that goes on. I'm telling you, we have got to commit afresh and anew. God, send us your power. All right. Guys, come on up here to the table of the Lord. And with humility and with grace, receive the elements and then let's pray for a fresh outpouring of the power of God over our lives. Would you come to the table this morning? Guys, I want you to know that if we had time to flesh this out, we would know that the power of the Holy Spirit is given to us to be witnesses of who Jesus is. The power of the Holy Spirit's been given to us to be witnesses of what he's done and the words of truth and the words of life that he spoke. H.J., can we throw up on the screen for us as we just rally around this? Luke chapter 24. And we're going to begin at verse 46. And we're going to read verse 46 and 49, through 49. So Luke 24, 46 through 49. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer, and he will rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. To all nations. The witness of the gospel is to go to all nations, all people groups. Beginning at Jerusalem, verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. And then he says, I am going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Our power is for a purpose and it's for an assignment. And that assignment is to make Jesus known, to bring his kingdom. And so today as we come and we hold this bread with open hands, Jesus, we thank you that you laid down your life. You laid down your life to reconnect our hearts, to reconcile us back into relationship with God, not a dead, stale, rule-driven, sterile, dry formality. Jesus, you laid down your life with passion so that you could graft us into the very heart of God, so you could transform us from orphans and slaves to sons and daughters, so that you could put royalty upon us, so that you could unlock gifts inside of us, so that destiny would explode through us so that we would become a family. And so Jesus, with this bread, we acknowledge that we are your church. We are your people, not fragmented crumbs. We come from one solitary loaf, the bread of life, Jesus. So we receive gratefully today. Let's receive the bread. Thank you, Jesus. And with this cup, the cup of your blood, the cup of redemption, the blood of Jesus that has washed away every sin. I speak over you today, Antioch, that all guilt and all shame be washed off of you in the name of Jesus. I speak over you the truth of God today, that there is no action or inaction that you have committed that is more powerful than the blood of Jesus. I speak over you today, let every shackle and every chain of bondage come off of you. I speak over you today, life and freedom, because that is what has been purchased for you in the blood of Jesus. 
I speak over you today that you are sons and you are daughters. Let's receive the cup. And for our commissioning prayer today, would you grab hands with the person next to you? After we pray and I dismiss you, we're going to have our brother and a son of this family, a son of this house, Chris Chapman, come up to the front after our commissioning prayer. He is being sent to Germany to go reunite with his wife. He has fulfilled his assignment to the United States military, and he is going on to the next season, the next chapter, the next assignment, the next location. And Chris, I want to say to you right now, you are son, and you have been such an amazing pillar of this family. And though we are going to miss you, we are overjoyed at the next season. And we don't hold on to you, but we send you. And you are, you are being sent with the governing authority of the kingdom of God. And new things are going to be unlocked for you, my brother. And I trust that everything that has been imparted thus far and the things that will continue to be imparted by virtue of our relationship will continue to awaken, equip, and send you for the work of the kingdom that you're involved with around the world. In the name of Jesus, God, I bless this house. And Father, I pray that for every person in this room right now, under the sound of my voice, and even those listening by podcast, that a fresh outpouring and a fresh oil and a fresh fire of the Spirit of God would burn in our belly. Lord, your word says that we will be transformed when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we'll receive power. And so, God, I pray for a power. I pray for a power to persist and a power to persevere. I pray for a power, Father God, to humble ourselves. A power, Father God, to believe you when everything else around us says contrary. A power, Father God, to do what's right in all seasons and all situations. Father, I pray for a power that brings transformation, that sanctifies us and cleanses us and delivers us. I pray for power for our mission and power for our assignment. And God, I pray that every gift that you've given to us would be fueled and it would be empowered by the Spirit of God and we'll give you all glory. So even this week, Father, I pray for the downcast to be encouraged. I pray for those seeking counsel to receive your divine guidance. I pray for the sick to be healed. Father, those in this room today, Lord, I felt this in my spirit earlier today, that even those that are wrestling and toying with depression and even thoughts that no one cares and even ideas of suicide, I pray for the power of God to address that and to break off every spirit of oppression and depression in the name of Jesus. Antioch, today I pray that the fullness of the Spirit of God come upon you and that your witness would expand. Let your witness expand in the closest circle, in the dotted circle, in the half circle. Let your witness increase in your city, in your neighborhood, in your field, in your assignment. In the name of Jesus. God bless you guys.